This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy, Benny Johnson, here for a very special edition of The Benny Show, an interview with Jim Caviezel, certainly one of the most profound and one of the most powerful, bravest actors in American history, arguably the bravest actor in American history, somebody who's risked uh, everything in order to combat some of the greatest evils of our time and some of the most evil people of our time. We have a president who will happily nibble on a stranger's child right in front of their face. This is your leader of this country. The greatest human trafficker in all of history is Joe Biden. Now, Jim Caviezel has a movie out, Sound of Freedom, that is breaking box office records. It's at 85 million in its box office, and it is cruising on its way to 100 million on a 14 million dollar budget. That makes it the most successful dollar per dollar box office release this year. And why? It's because we do have this human trafficker as president. According to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, this is the Department of Justice's own statistics. This is the Bureau of Statistics, correction there. There has been a 62% increase in human trafficking in the first two years of Joe Biden's administration. Why is Sound of Freedom such a successful and powerful movie? Because people are beginning to understand that we have a human trafficker as president of the United States. A 62% increase year over year. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what's happened under this administration and the open borders that this administration allows to facilitate the human trafficking trade, which of course uh, delves directly into sex trafficking, child trafficking, and the kind of sick, perverted, diseased, degenerate behaviors that the Bidens have engaged in and Hunter Biden uh, has engaged in, which is readily available to view for anyone who wishes to see into the blackness of the human soul on Hunter Biden's laptop. There is one person who has been unafraid of staring into the blackness of the human soul. So, some one person, an actor, who has been unafraid to stare into the into the blackness of of, of the satanic death cult that is Hollywood, uh, that is the evils of that industry, and to say, I will tell a true story. And Jim Caviezel, of course, played Christ in The Passion of the Christ. Uh, the highest grossing rated R movie in human history. Jim Caviezel plays Tim Ballard, a, a federal agent who hunted down sex traffickers and child traffickers uh, in The Sound of Freedom, the box office smash of the summer. Even the New York Times writing that this is the runaway hit of the summer box office. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my great honor to welcome to the show legendary actor, Bravest man in Hollywood, bravest actor uh, to walk the face of this planet, 
the great Jim Caviezel. Joining us now, I don't think it is an exaggeration to say, the bravest actor in American history, the great Jim Caviezel. Now, I have been instructed to read a just short disclaimer here about the SAG strike, saying that this strike prevents actors uh, from AMPTP Productions from promoting their projects, but this film is not uh, an American motion picture uh, production, and so you're not actually crossing the picket line. Um, no, I, I'm full support of uh, Screen Actors Guild. Uh, actors are having a harder, hard time making a living. They they need to adjust the, um, you know, as far as our, uh, um, well, there, there's a several things, but our, our artificial intelligence is a major one. Yeah. And um, streaming, um, videos uh, and whatnot but we, we have to stand together on this or we won't we won't last yes yes and we and i and this is and this is a um um we should have um been a part of um you know this was a, a disney actually started as fox and then it was disney bought fox so it was disney and they had it and they didn't want this film so we would have been a part of the AMPTP, but they didn't want it. So I'm out uh, promoting this film and keep pushing it. And um, and obviously we're advocating to, to um, save millions and millions of children worldwide in the greatest um, uh, slavery that has ever been uh, known to mankind. I'm so happy that you use the term slavery because as you watch this film and it rips your heart out, the first 30 minutes, the last 30 minutes, uh, throughout the entire film, it is some of the toughest things to watch. And as you just noted, Disney turned this down and it seems so foolish, craven and cruel to turn this down for two different reasons. One, you're about to pass 100 million in the box office, which is an unbelievable feat for such a small uh, indie, I, I, you know, such, such a small independent movie um, that seems financially foolish. It also seems morally foolish because Disney, if you are having a brand built on protecting children and children experiences as Disney has, wouldn't you want to keep these sex traffickers and these monsters away from children? Shouldn't that be something that Disney embraces, Jim? Yeah, I think you should really people really need to look at monsters dot inc really hard and look the at the meaning behind that film you just you gotta look at it i'm not going to do research for you but you should take a look at it and then at the last probably five ten films actually ten nine ten films that have been um, incredibly woke and why are people aren't buying their product and branding anymore um but they're not going to stop there. They're going to do the, uh, what is it? The, the seven dwarves, what do you call it? Cinderella or Snow Sleeping White, Beauty, Snow White or whatever. I mean, <laughs> it's who's no, no longer white and the dwarves are no longer dwarves. It's not my princess, my daughter or my wife or the, um, beautiful ladies in my life, what they want to be. Um, you're, we're not going in that direction anymore. I have no idea. Well, I suspect a few things, but 
why they would do that, why Bud Light would say, you know, we're going to force this agenda down your throat, why Target is doing what they're doing. Um, I have an idea how, what they're doing. I mean, they're reprogramming all of us right now and people are throwing it right back in their face. And if you don't like drinking Buddy Light or going to Petaland or um, shopping at Target, you come to Sound of Freedom and they are. They're coming in droves. A hundred million. Congratulations. Either Wednesday or, or Thursday, your film will cross a hundred million on on what budget? Fourteen and a half million. Which makes it the which makes it the most successful movie this year uh, on yeah. a dollar per dollar basis. I'm I'm not really thinking of it, about that, but the more just that the people are finally seeing this and are waking up to it. And I think that this is the the hair that broke the camel's back. Um, finally, people just that's it, and um, they're they're coming in droves, and uh, we didn't even. I think we were bigger today on Monday or last night than we were last Monday. So it's increasing. It is remarkable. And it's because of people like you that are out there that are, are banging the drum, man. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, but I like need to go I home. I've been gone a month now promoting this thing. And my son is um, really missing me. I miss him too. And, and all my children, but the little one, he's, He's, you know, time to be Papa again. And I love being a good father to him and miss him tremendously. It is obviously the greatest thing that any man can do in life is become a father. Uh, how many children do you have? I have three, three adopted children from China. Uh, when, when this whole thing started, you know, I started when I read this script, I thought about my own children adopted uh, and I, what they had to go through and the dangers, you know, of, of other children around the world. And I th thought about that when I read the script. But the two lines that really just rocked my heart was the first one when he said that God's children are, are not for sale. And that when God tells you to do something, you don't hesitate. And I think that really hits everyone, even people that don't know God yet. You know, there's something there that is um, and it's in our it's in our flag. It's in our uh, core beliefs and our inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that without your life, you have no liberty. And without your life, you have no happiness. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Mm. The happiness in my life, I'm expecting, we're expecting our third child in a month, my wife and I, and happiness, my first son, and uh, happiness in my life is my children. So much of my life revolves around them. I could never imagine taking on a project like you have taken on here, being able to stare. It was hard enough to watch, but you actually had to embody what Tim Ballard went through in yeah. the in the the pure demonic hell 
of yeah. this industry. Can you talk me through that process? Sure. How how, how do you do yeah. that on set? Because you've done it as Christ in the Passion of the right. Christ, and now you've taken on demonic evil once more in the Sound yeah. of Freedom. Well, I started with, um, you know, um, years ago when I did a movie called Frequency, or even actually when I was working with Ridley Scott, he asked me, you know, we're going to put you guys through hell if you can do this a movie. And if you're not able to hack it, well, you know, we'll cut you. Mm. So I, I really enjoyed the process of getting, you know, going through what the seals go through. And there were about a hundred of us and there were probably 25 seals, probably, you know, 10, 15 Delta, um, special forces, green Bray, And, and, um, and then there were probably, you know, 12 to 15 of us actors. And then you had, um, uh, some people that were like big marathon runners. And, and as the process went, they, you know, took us through the ring out process. Um, the physical, um, where people would literally couldn't take it anymore. And, and, uh, but I really enjoyed challenging myself to, to, to be able to, um, play the character, um, but allowing it to play me when you go through this process. Frequency was one going through homicide and working with homicide detectives, and you get to see some really unpleasant things. I worked on a farm, so I was used to uh, animal stench. It's not a great thing, but, you know, you kind of get you know i would go down to the meat factories or uh, you know and i'd watch the processing of um you know cattle and different things and so you get used to that a little bit and then um chickens and things uh, farmers and um so you're around kind of unpleasant things manure all that and then um so learning that or getting that into your system and seeing things that you're not particularly want to see, but it really helps in the reality, um, makes the performance more seamless. And when you're crying out, like in the movie, uh, frequency, when you're crying out, um, for your father, you haven't seen, um, and what these cops go through, it really uh, affects them. I was affected tremendously when I watched uh, It's Wonderful Life, and there's a scene in there with Jimmy Stewart where he says, God, if you're out there, please help me. And, you know, many uh, Americans don't realize that Jimmy Stewart flew 26 missions in the uh, uh, Liberator aircraft. He led those missions. And when you're on comms, you hear guys um, going to their deaths, um, especially on the B-17s. Um, and there'd be like eight men crews. So you would hear, you had to be absolutely quiet. So when the flak would hit from the uh, 88 guns of the not Nazis, um, it would hit a lot of the craft and you would hear these guys screaming on board, going down to their desk. This changes you. Now, when you add children to that screaming, mm. um, it doesn't go away. It, that's a new reality. And uh, it took me two years to to get through a lot of it in counseling um and i can't imagine what how tim ballard is able to go through it but in the movie we were we were i was able to use a, 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 a something 
um, where you would go up to my eyeball and you could see what was happening to, I won't, um, to those of you who haven't seen it, uh, what he's looking at. And these guys that Tim has, they're not able to get, uh, get through it. They're not able to stay, uh, for the most part. So the only way to be able to get through something like this is, um, you know, the faith in, in our Lord, um, and, and, uh, it, it, that's the driving force that was, you know, I wanted the world to know what this was, what it, what it was. And, you know, during the passion, I lost, uh, most of my reputation in the business. It shouldn't have been that way, but they attacked us, um, pretty horrifically, uh, constantly saying it's an anti-Semitic film and they could never tell me why they just, it was. And so when I would go to Japan or other countries, but Japan, especially, which is mostly a Buddhist country, they would ask you, you know, why are you doing this anti-Semitic film? And I thought that was interesting. And it seemed, and then in every country that I went to same question, but Japan, I thought I was not, not because they're Buddhist. That's not something they're interested in. So it was like a world agenda, like a new world order, constantly this narrative and that we're under this narrative and um, it it needed to be broken. It's being broken right now. The people are pushing back because it crossed the line with our children. Yes. Yes. It does cross the line with children. It makes our skin crawl. We do talk a lot about politics on this show and a piece of video that crossed our screens on our cell phones um, from last Friday was Joe Biden essentially biting a, a child. You can see it here. We'll pop it up on screen. He's like uh, biting a, a stranger's kid, like going and, and nibbling a child. I, you're a father. I'm a father. I would never let a demented pervert like this anywhere near my children. You know, how dare you touch a, uh, another another person's child like that? Um, and it, it does speak to sort of an underlying disrespect of children, whether you yeah, look, look at the parent, though, that's sitting there and just admiring him for it. I'd have pushed him off so quick. What I would mean, you do if Joe Biden, if Joe Biden did that to your child, Jim, what would you do? I, the Secret Service would have tackled me because I'd have popped him. Yeah, because that's a in deeply inappropriate way to, to touch a child, right? You shouldn't put your mouth on a child and bite it. And yeah, you don't have a right to do wrong, yeah. you know, and that's what they've made it. And and the, But as far as Christians, we continually are marginalized, uh, And but this is no more. I mean, there's got to be a new sheriff in town. Yeah. Uh, you know, our Lord, through people out of the temple and this has this is the line right here where we have to throw them out yeah. all christians have to come together and i don't know if this group of um, pastors and bishops will do it I, i've seen them mostly just sit on their hands i've lost so much respect for them and when we did the passion of the christ i saw it i mean i'm a roman catholic and we had maybe six bishops that stood for our film the rest of them ran now eventually they did come over and support the movie um, but they did it when the public did so they wait until um, someone else leads they lead from behind and uh i'm tired of it um and 
so is most of the public. And, um, and then this this uh, this idea of um, gospel uh, prosperity, um, Bible is crap, because a Christian has to be God's weapon, where he's willing to lose his name, reputation, job, title, even his very life to stand for the truth. And we're not. We haven't been. And um, so uh, I, I, there were 19 other actors that were offered this role in this movie. Um, Tim Ballard was the one that suggested me because he saw the passion of the Christ and he saw um, The Count of Monte Cristo, which was another Disney film, and they wanted God removed from the movie. Uh, it was going to be something else. It wasn't God will give me justice. But they were on their way doing it back then. You know, when you go to Disneyland and you see a rainbow a Mickey Mouse, you never see a Mickey Mouse with a, you know, maybe a a crucifix, cross, or a, a Star of David on them. I mean, and uh, and I'm not uh, with the LGBTQ plus pedophilia and all that other stuff. And it has to be this way. And it, and uh, and on the Dodgers baseball game when they the sisters of perpetual indulgence um men dressed up as nuns um and they took a crucifix of jesus and they used it as a stripping pole with a male stripper coming down a transgender um that that's it um and i and where the bishops were on that uh, except one, this guy from Tyler, Texas, was, and the Vatican is going after this guy. So good is evil and evil is good right now. And um, why, you know, St. Paul says to live is Christ, to die is gain. I wouldn't want to live in this world to allow my father to be treated like this. Our loving God, who... I would give my life for There's, it's, it's just, uh, um, Jesus is the son of God in my home, the father, son, Holy spirit. I, he's the leader of many Christians homes and you would not do something like that and defame that in, in our homes and why we allow this, why major league baseball would allow it is beyond me. But I would say to people, you know, it's time to get church militant. It's time to say, no, I'm not paying for your stuff anymore. And if they want to go this way, let them go. Yeah. Let them suffer the consequences. Many Christians misunderstand the nature of Christ, I believe. They view a happy Jesus, blonde hair, blue eyes, sitting in the field with a lamb on his lap, singing songs. And if you read the Gospels, that's not Christ. And I think people misunderstand that Jesus flipped tables in the temples and he made a whip to defend his kingdom. And the early apostles, of course, were often crucified along with Christ. Uh, and that the Christians are not, uh, you know, tolerance is not a virtue in the Bible. But we, <laughs> we fundamentally misunderstand that today. And we do not take hard lines as Christians against the cultural rot. And then looks what's happened. We've become Sodom and Gomorrah overnight. It's in my lifetime. Deals. Many of the, uh, um, when I was doing the passion, um, learning the, the original Aramaic words and 
how they're taught. Um, he is, he, they're spoken like a, like the highest general, like the, the, a guy that is a, just the absolute warrior. And so uh, imagine this force coming in, it can be so gentle that men would want to be and women would want to be with and and to the highest calling that you would and and imagine you know you're just this fisherman and this force comes up to you and wants to to for you to join his uh calling and you're looking at him and thinking why would you call me i'm not good enough i'm I'm, I'm, I'm a loser. And I, this was my calling. And, uh, when I was 14 years old, I reached a, such a low point in my life at that point that suicide was very much an option for me. Mm. And, uh, I contemplated it and thank God that didn't happen. And, uh, and because there would have been a moment in heaven where he just said, to me, look what I had for you, Jim. You were going to play my son. And what a sad uh, thing. But I cried out to him and asked him for my purpose. And, you know, when others that are watching this show, um, you can do that. But don't do not do that if, if you're going to ask that. and Because uh, that's a big calling when that happens. And can you imagine, I was in a movie theater and this presence came outside the theater and then came into the theater and I felt love all around me. And I felt I was the only child that God had. Like this, that's exactly what I felt. He made me understand what I meant to him. And then he um, it went from this deep love to incredible peace and then he spoke these words to me in my heart and I heard it audibly in my heart. And it was, uh, I'd like you to be an actor. And it was an indelible mark written on my heart. And, um, so I came to Hollywood and make a long story short, but when Mel Gibson came to me, I was 33 years old and my initials were JC never thinking of that. Uh, until Mel called me and tried to talk me out of the movie. And I told him that and he hung up the phone because it freaked him out. I know I seem like a very serious guy, but I'm actually really funny. For it, all you listeners. You'd, ha you'd have to be to keep going. You'd oh, have, yeah. have the spirit of God within your heart to continue yeah. through the amount of times that you've been canceled, maligned, slandered, smeared. Yeah. In the press right now, there's an entire uh, Thank group you, man. of people. Another. <laughs> yes, that's right. There's an entire group of people who have defended pedophilia before. We have some examples to put on screen, but writers yeah. for Bloomberg, for instance, who've defended openly pedophilia, who are attacking you and your movie, um, and they're, they're allowed to publish this slander against you. Uh, Effectively, your movie is uh, trying to stop the sale of children for for gratuitous sex. Um, what do you say to these critics? What do you say to these pedophile protectors that are attacking you? Um, well, I better a millstone be hung around their necks that they be cast into the sea that they should ever hurt one of these little ones. Mm. Mm. 
how do you, how do you, with your career, which has been so remarkable and so such a mark on the lives of so many Christians, believers, non-believers, atheists, agnostics, your career has been one of the most impactful that I've ever seen, uh, obviously in my life via Hollywood, possibly the most impactful actor's career, uh, and you've been attacked. How do you protect yourself against Satan? How do you defend against the devil, Jim? Um, well, the, you know, that something that Christians aren't doing these days, fasting is very impactful with the prayer. It actually, it's in the scripture, but I don't, a lot of Bibles now have that removed, fasting. Fasting with prayer, very powerful. I, I don't have the same fear of the devil that most people have. I fear God. Mm. I fear God. I don't fear the devil. I fear God. My God could kick the devil's ass without a glance. And he is, I'm not a sheep. I know Jesus often references us as sheep. And when he goes and looks for the lost sheep, as I was one, I became a, a, a sheepdog to protect the flock when he's gone. And my heart is like a sniper. I'm looking around and hunting for the wicked. So, and, and that's a, uh, a good sniper is very peace and very calm when he takes the shot. And that was exactly what David did when he took down Goliath. And we're in this position now where I'm essentially the sword in God's sheath. And I say, God, let guide your hand. Let me be that sword that you drive into the beast. So, you know, it's it, the, the, this modern Christianity is more people now, more uh, modern day Christians are afraid of Satan than they are of God. Mm. Ridiculous. They should be afraid of God and uh, continually allowing the, the, the devil to do what he's doing to God's children. It should so offend them. Um, but this is what's going to happen is that, you know, the at some point, God is going to separate the sheets from the goat. People will cry out, Lord, weren't we there? Didn't we do this? You know, the words better than I do. And he's he'll say, whatsoever you did to the least of these, you did it to me. I, I don't want to ever be a part of that. Hmm. That's not right. And uh, he's blessed us and we should love to defend our father. I love the story of David, you know, the 16-year-old kid that his own father didn't love him, you know, never even saw him being the head of Israel. And and so when I was at Samuel, I believe, came to the house and to, to interview all these boys that were going to be the head, he didn't even call that boy and that's, the you know, David and he's, you know, where do you have another son? The, none of these boys will be the head of Israel. He says, yes, yeah, some sheep are out back. And so when God adopts you and, uh, uh, and, and to experience that deep love, uh, you, I won't let anything happen to him. I, he's, and, and 
And the child, you see, is, is the, um, represents God, the child, the, the innocent, um, and they need to be protected. A good father, good mother should want to protect their children, but they don't. They are, they put their head in the sand, like an ostrich and, you know, and say, well, I, this one woman said to me, I, you don't understand. I cannot watch Sound of Freedom. She said, I won't sleep for two weeks. And I said, after you see the parents that scream, they will scream for the rest of their lives. Try that happening that you won't be able to sleep for the rest of your life because you refused to look at what was happening. A predator was um, obviously watching your child. You were distracted and your child got taken. Once that occurs, most never get their child back. Now think of that. If that were to happen, would you ever arm yourself to be ready for that? I would. Then I could relax, you know? Yes. People don't understand in the modern era exactly how uh, pre prevalent uh, and how quickly you, your child can be absorbed into this world. It can be through uh, sexual radicalization on apps like TikTok. We speak to a lot of young men. We have a large amount of young men in our audience, and I talk a lot and speak a lot against pornography and how pornography is, of course, this, this open window into this satanic and demonic yeah. uh, activity along with the sex trafficking trade. That's how they, that's how they procure more pedophiles is through pornography. See, it's an eight armed beast. It, you can't just, uh, um, an octopus, if you cut off the, um, trafficking arm, it'll just grow right back. Hmm. Um, you've got so many, um, uh, pedophiles that have the beginning. I'm, they show me tapes. I've watched, watched this stuff when they just cross-examine these guys and what they're saying. And they, all of them was the beginning was pornography. Hmm. And so what would you, based on what you, based on your experience in this movie and what you know now about sex trafficking, what would be your message to young men? I know it's prevalent in the church. This is something we refuse to talk about is the amount of porn addiction inside of the church, yeah. uh, inside of modern society, and especially to men. What is your message to young men? Well, I mean, it, it, first of all, these pedophiles, they go, they go younger and younger and younger because um, it's verboten to go down to the children. And that ends up giving them a high. Mm -hmm. They first... It's very natural when you ask. You see these guys cross-examining these guys. They'll they'll ask him, "What? what don't, aren't, don't you? Aren't you drawn to a fully developed female?" Yes, I was. They would say, but um, I got used to it. I didn't get the high anymore. And then I went. I saw something innocent in the younger one, and something they thought that they could control, and that it, it literally they're inviting more and more demons into their heart and yes. become more possessed and everything. And um, of course, the, the devil is how the trick works. You start at one spot and just continue until you completely uh, um, destroy that individual's soul. Our Lord. Um, he talks about an unforgivable sin 
which is a rejection of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I would say that, the, and then he also talks about the line that better that a millstone be hung around your neck, that you be cast into the sea, that you should ever hurt one of these little ones. I think it would seem real that if you hurt these little ones and you do this to them, that would be a line, a line crossed, that he would not um, allow that one. That, that would be the line. Um, and you're rejecting the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is telling you to stop, and they don't. And so um, people think that's rather harsh until you get to see what Tim Ballard has seen and what I've got to see. I've not actually been in the rooms when they're cleaning up all the messes and everything. I've had uh, friends that have, um, you know, put these guys to death and um, cross-examine them to get information, to find out where the other children are, um, and had to, um, you know, use the sword on them. And it, mm -hmm. but after you hear the screaming, th that's not severe for them enough. Mm -hmm. um, a final question, Jim. I'm sorry Speaking for those out there that understand that don't understand how how bad this is, but it. It is, it is bad. It is really bad. And when you hear these people that come out and defend this, they're scared. They know that the, the public is waking up right now. This is a film they do not want you to see. And they're doing everything they could can to stop it, just like they did not want you to see the passion of the Christ. Hmm. This film has a great power behind it. It, it, there is a power of love that is inside you. And you, with that power of love, you can do the most bravest, courageous things that you would never thought possible. Because there are points in your life, if your children were going to be hurt, you would take a bullet for them. And we have to do that as a nation now. But if we pull together, if we pull together, we'll end up saving the world. My final question for you, Jim, uh, is you have given and sacrificed so very much for these roles. You were electrocuted when you were on the cross as you were playing Christ. You, you I believe you had open heart surgery uh, uh, to that experience. Two heart surgeries, including open heart. I was struck not on the cross, but on the Sermon on the Mount. But on the last shot, of, last shot of the movie, I was hit by lightning. How do you keep moving forward what is it that drives you what is it that keeps you continuing because I, I i see here you're going to be doing a passion of the christ too mm -hmm. i believe you're yeah. taking on this project sound of freedom which is inarguably one of the heaviest projects and most painful difficult projects you said you went through counseling for years after this after completing this production what is it sound that drives you yes yeah, sound of freedom what is it that drives a you to Continue to My, return to goals like this. The greatest treasure is is a purpose. It, the, like the book, read that book, The Purpose Driven Life. These are what the this is what I think the gospels are trying to tell us, you know. Um I got to play Jesus in the Passion. But if you look at the Bible, we're all playing a character in the book. 
Some of us are playing like me. I got to play Jesus. Some of us are, you know, John, uh, the Baptist, Mary, Magdalene, Mary, Virgin Mary, you know, they pick a saint and, but some of us are, you know, playing the Pharisees. Some of us are playing Pontius Pilate, the politician. Some of us are Judas and claim to be Christian. Um, and this is prevalent right now. The, the Bible is not just a history book. There's a great power behind it. When you read it, I, I, I can feel very deeply that he, how he's communicating to me. Um, we have to make a decision now. Can we love God's children more than we fear evil? Can we love Jesus more than we fear the cross? And I've said this before, um, and I love the, the, almost a martyr, uh, Ronald Reagan, when he was shot, but he said some things that were very, very powerful. One was that you and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth. I will sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. My brothers and sisters, remember that evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing more to be said. Jim Caviezel, one of the most profound and important actors to ever walk the face of this earth, someone who's clearly doing a work for Christ. Uh, and it is an honor to have him on the program. You must go see Sound of Freedom. It is important. It is hard to watch. Uh, someone who could barely get through it myself. And in this business, I've had to see some tough stuff, but it's hard to watch. And it's so important that you watch it. Jim, thank you so much for being on our program thank and you. listening to us. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. It's tough to watch. It's tough to listen to. What, per, what a deeply profound series of statements uh, by Jim. I'd never interviewed him before. I've watched The Passion of the Christ many times. I watch it every single Easter, for instance. Um, I've never interviewed or met Jim Caviezel. What a powerful and passionate individual. This man has a calling from God. You can sense it. You can feel it when he speaks. I, I'm moved by that interview. Ladies and gentlemen, we try as uh, uh, as much as we can to bring you uh, salt and light, to bring you hope. Uh, we hope that that interview did so. Uh, we also do our best to bring you a Bible verse uh, every single show. John 3.16 for this episode. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Let us remember that we are not here to just walk through uh, this world and to let evil overcome us. We are here to fight evil, to be meaner than evil, to flip tables and make whips when necessary, uh, and to make a line in the sand and say, as Jim Caviezel just said, you should fear God more than you fear Satan. Do you? It's God who's going to make the ultimate decision on your life, everlasting life, through his son, Christ Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, 
It is your boy, Benny Johnson, bringing you this unbelievable interview with Jim Caviezel. I'm, again, I'm moved. I'm moved by just listening to this man speak. Go see Sound of Freedom uh, and go be part of this movement to save the children, to save our eternal souls, quite frankly. Uh, God bless you. It's your boy, Benny. See ya.